0: This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, where Christian music doesn't suck.
1: and I like how he memorizes the tone and then when he sings it he goes up and down and it's really really good. It isn't the best but it's made with true talent. It was made with talented people. The reason why you would like to buy Cantaloper's record instead of some other record is because Cantaloper inspires people's country. Oh I think I'm gonna fall asleep now. (laughs)
0: I love that. Those two young music fans gave a way better introduction to tonight's artist than I could ever do. And you also heard Polygamy from the new Cantaloupe EP, Rounding Air. I'm Dave Hawkins and you found The Antidote. I've long been a fan of Cantaloupe, so it was great that I had a chance to see Levi Dolan, the frontman of Cantaloupe, doing a solo set at this summer's Audio Feed Festival. And since The Antidote airs music from artists who come from a Christian worldview, I do want to point out that Levi no longer identifies as Christian. He told me that he's had a complicated past and sort of circles around Christianity. But with all that being said, the lyrical viewpoint of Cantaloupe does reflect those Christian roots. Well, I'm sure you're going to enjoy our chat and the song Offspring. The Antidote is joined by Levi Dolan of Cantaloper. Great to have a chance to meet with you, Levi.
2: Hey, it's good to talk to you, Dave.
0: I'd like to hear more about the band name, Cantalouper. I mean, this isn't some kind of fruit obsession, is it?
2: <laughs> no. Um, the band name came from a short story that I wrote um, that was about a brother and sister that sell fruit by the side of the road, one of which being the cantaloupe, and uh it was just a story that made me think about some things, um, in terms of what I wanted our band to be like and what I wanted it to focus on. In the story sister thinks it doesn't really matter that they're doing that because so many people have things to sell. So many people have things to offer. And the brother thinks that's important because that is the specific thing that they've grown and that they have to share. And, uh, for me, it was a way to remember that when you're making music, there's a part of you that might wonder how worth it it is in terms of putting resources into it or how much it'll matter to people. There's part of you that wants to focus on the reception of it. But really, if it, if it's something that you produce and something that you make, and that's what you have to offer, then that's the justification for For sharing it, and that's the reason that it matters to present it. And so, I want to remember that with our band because it's it's something that you know you kind of circle around. Sometimes it's easy to to know that. Sometimes you you forget again because you're trying to see if what you're doing is you know sort of how it's being contextualized and how it's making a difference or lack thereof. And yeah, so it just came from working on that story.
0: I guess that sort of raises the point is if you're creating music really for yourself or if you're creating just for others.
2: Uh, perhaps. I mean, to me, I I feel like anybody that that's creating things is going to, you know, hopefully have an element of personal satisfaction, but some of the things you do to Present that result to other people this has to do with assuming a certain value to it, and to justify that assumption for me it has to do with that fact that if there's something you really care about and you know that, then um, it mattering to other people is certainly a, a really, really good thing. But Presenting it and putting it out there is important if it is the thing you have there to to put out. You know, I don't do a lot of other things like that, so <laughs>
0: Something interesting, Levi, is that I've heard you and your music described as misunderstood genius.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's nice. Do you think that you find people are confused about what you're trying to get across in your music?
2: Um, I would say not too often. Uh, I'm just really happy when people listen to our music, and you know, it's fun to have any kind of conversation about it for me. Certainly, I'm, you know, one of those people that goes over and over things in their minds, so I, I (laughs) if people want to hear stories behind things, I probably have them, but I don't feel like being misunderstood is not something I'm real concerned about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I guess it's just the two of us here for this talk, Levi, but who else is involved with Ken Loper?
2: Um, So, we've got a pretty steady lineup of my brother Andrew on keyboard, my friend Chuck on drums, and my friend Josh plays bass on this tour we're going on. Andrew won't be with us, but for the recording, he still did some things on this EP. So yeah, that's kind of our main setup.
0: Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about the new EP from Cantaloupe or Rounding Air and that dropped July 15th. You know, that's a gorgeous release. And I don't know how to describe it except to say maybe it's more of a stripped-down sound, but it's actually got a richer feel to it.
2: Well, I'm I'm happy that you got that out of listening to it. Certainly, it was the turnaround from writing to recording was much shorter for us. And one of the goals I had was to do fewer guitar overdubs and really try to. Um, condense guitar ideas and that might be part of what you're hearing. Yeah, we, we still kind of layered in the keys and we're looking for ways to add dimension and add textural ideas, even though we're by our standards doing something pretty straight ahead.
0: And how do you personally feel about rounding error Is this the direction you sort of want ahead as a band or is this just a tryout?
2: Um with the CP it was looking at we have some songs we'd like to get out a few more guitar hooks and, uh, you know, do another group of songs that maybe push us into a little bit more of the, like, dreamy, post punky kind of territory we've been interested in. Um, I envision the next Cantaloupe release having a pretty different vibe in terms of the overall guitar approach. So this was maybe looking into intertwining guitar and bass hooks a little bit further and yeah i'm i'm really happy with that aspect of it
0: toy friend from the new cantaloupe ep rounding error guess i'd call your overall sound as being shoegaze but you know musically at times it has this brighter vibe but i guess you're the guy creating the music levi so how would you describe it
2: um i definitely a very big fan of shoegaze and i try to be honest to the fact that that's a big reference for me but also we're from the midwest and we're not we're not on creation records in the 80s so we want to have something that's honest to our point of view so i sometimes think of it as a midwest version of shoegaze which for me usually means there's maybe a little more of what might be considered a singer-songwriter element at the core but we still really like spacey and noisy sounds um, (laughs) and layers built on top of that so yeah, probably a pretty consistent idea has been you should be able to sit down and play a cantaloupe or song on a guitar and it still sounds like it's a song. But we want to experiment with how we can do some kind of interesting textures on top of that.
0: Let's see, I'd always thought of shoegaze as being a dead genre. But realistically, does any genre ever really die?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Like I kind of felt like, like you, um, several years ago, I, I didn't really know anybody else that was picking up these records a lot, but today it's really seeing a resurgence. And if anything, we're, we're not shoegaze enough to, uh, to keep up with the, (laughs) the, some of the hardcore fans that are into a certain aspect of that, that sound. Um, and I'm really excited to be a fan of that genre at this point. Um, it's, it's just really cool to see a lot of those bands being remembered well and uh, new
0: bands looking for new directions to take that sound. It's really cool. Well, talking with being a fan of a style, I was looking at your past tour schedule and it had Cantaloper playing Starflyer Fest in Columbia early this year. You even recorded a cover of the song Red Tide from Starflyer 59. Does that make you a huge fan?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Starflyer 59 is my favorite band ever. So that was my gateway to the styles of music that I enjoy and just how I feel like guitars are supposed to sound and how how melodies are supposed to work. And uh, yeah, I will always always be a big fan of them. That. Starfire Fest was an event that we put together uh, here in Columbia just to help focus what we see as a lot of regional bands that are overlapping in that kind of shoegaze revival sound that have at least some element of the ambient, uh, big, reverby sound on top of melodic sensibilities. And, and we are just wanting to encourage the development of bands that are sincerely working on on that little corner of rock and roll that we really love. So um, that was kind of the idea behind that event.
0: The Starflyer 59 song Red Tide. Okay, so we talked about Starflyer 59. Have there been other bands that you would say were influential to you?
2: Uh, For sure. Um, The other big one for me is Pedro the Lion and David Bazan's music. Those two are kind of my two big pillars. A lot of other music I love kind of came from looking for other things that were kind of like that. I really love 80s New Wave and Sugaze and new order and the factory Records stuff and uh 90s like kind of slow core stuff and like low and bedhead and um yeah i just like finding stuff that maybe has some common qualities of building to releases and you know playing with volume as an effect and being interested in melodies and things like that yeah i like listening to a lot of stuff like that
0: Well, you spoke about David Bazan. I mean, you've got a really tight connection there because in 2008, you brought out the EP Drool and you had Dave Bazan recording and mixing that release. Seriously, that guy's got to be one of the most significant artists in the last 20 years. How did you ever connect with him?
2: Uh, I connected with him initially. I just gave him a a tape that I made on a four-track after a, a Pedro the Lion show, and uh, at the time, had no understanding of how records got made or how people played shows or anything like that. I just wanted to share it with somebody I thought I trusted would understand the direction. And so it was a tape I gave to him, and, and he listened to it and liked it and invited me to work on that project with him.
0: Um, yeah, it just kind of went from there. What a wild experience to work with somebody of that caliber.
2: Oh, yeah. It will always be a huge highlight for me. And that was uh, a really deep encouragement when I needed one. And because of that, that helped me kind of get out of my bedroom and trying to go play some shows and develop what I was working on. So just because he's a very uh, sweet person and very direct, but also not a not, not somebody that would work on something he didn't want to work on, then it, you know, it, it helped me feel like I need to keep developing and on my end. So I'll always be grateful for that.
0: Okay. So during the era of Drool, I guess your baby band, that sort of fits with Drool, doesn't it? But anyway, cantaloper was just you, just solo? Uh,
2: yes. For essentially Drool was just me saving up and buying a couple microphones and making some songs. And then Dave helping me finish the project. <laughs> Dave played drums on the one song on Drool. So, And my brother Andrew at the time was also helping me out with uh, some details for it. But we hadn't coalesced into anything like what we are now.
0: And I guess that changed for you when you went to do your first full-length Mandrakes. That's when you went to a full-band lineup?
2: Uh, it was around the time of the release of that record that we went to full-band. So Mandrakes was still recorded basically with no no band until right at the end. Um, our friend Chuck hopped on board and recorded all the drums real, really fast in a couple weeks. And... Um, yeah and it turned out to be a really good decision and we've been working together with him since then this is levi dolan from cantaloupe and you're tuned in to the antidote
0: Introduction to the music of Cantaloper, the title track from the 2008 release, Drool. Cantaloper had a pretty long stretch, six years between Mandrake's and last year's album, Reproduction. Why the long wait?
2: Uh, I guess that was a combination of different things. I think just really wanting to feel our band express a new level of sonic quality and characteristics was something that was not an easy path. Um, So part of it was maybe just an artistic goal that we kind of had in our heads that we were working toward. Um, Part of it was financially being able to convert those ideas into something that you could put on a record Part of it was focusing on learning how to play shows and uh, the time it took for us to start really gelling as a band. Part of it was just my own personal life, dealing with uh, not being in a good place emotionally or mentally and having you know a lot of time just struggling to do the work and to move on to the next thing. I'm happy with how it turned out, but it, it was a pretty long process.
0: Well, you know, I was really disappointed with reproduction <laughs> because drill and mandrakes both had these great cover art drawings from a kid uh-huh. and then reproduction went all serious and you've got a graphic of a sperm and egg. You know, I, uh-huh. I think I'm still trying to get over that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's giving be a bad time, but that was a change.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was a change. Uh I had that idea as a, as a cover image, and uh, originally Reproduction was going to be an EP and not an LP, um, and I more and more felt it was like a, an album-sized idea and um, had that idea for the cover image. So our, our drummer, Chuck, actually built a series of sculptures for the artwork for that album, and that cover image is a physical sculpture that he built that we took a picture of. So, yeah, we we did that with the band resources, and
0: that's fantastic. That's a lot of work to do.
2: Oh yeah, it was a huge undertaking, and I'm I'm really happy with his work. I think it turned out really cool.
0: The sperm and the egg also comes into the song "These Little Deaths." That's a troublingly sad song to listen to. Do you want to share about that?
2: Um, I mean that was a, a song I worked on writing for quite a while i uh i do think it's a pretty important song in terms of the record and maybe some thoughts i was working through it's it's a pretty important song to me in terms of just uh trying to get through some internal trains of thought and conclusions and yeah it's one i i I think i i do enjoy returning to it's one of my favorite songs to play i think
0: does this mean that the music that you've been creating, like you're trying to find some form of resolution from it? Um, I think
2: uh, the biggest resolution in music for me is when you have the idea of how to put a lyric or a word with a melody and fuse it together, and it seems to have a specific emotion attached to it, and just seeing that through to the end to where you you feel like, yeah, that, that sort of got it. This thing I'm, I'm trying to put into words, or I'm trying to express that to me is like the resolution that I'm looking for, I guess, is is just that first little inkling that you have of there's this little ripple of something that I can't quite give a name to and I can't quite define the limits. I want to hone it down and, and put something together to where I can can look at it a little better. And that's that's to me the end result of having a recorded song and having something you can play is just following that that trail somewhere and then it it becomes a a little like a little snow globe i think jeff mangum said once or you know something where you can kind of look at it and and see it for what it is a little better
0: Little Deaths. And coming up, Levi and I talk about the nature of Cantaloper. Something interesting that I read on your Bandcamp page came from a listener who called your music a balance between bitterness and hopefulness. Tell me, as an artist, is it easy to tip that balance point too far in one direction or the other?
2: Uh, I certainly feel like a lot of music that I do not really get too much out of is music that only lets me have one of those two things um, I really enjoy that that music can sort of go right up against the edge of, of where we're trying to think about things and we're trying to express them without doing it in the sort of simple way that a smiley face or a frowny face would do and I definitely do think about that working on our music that to me, there's very much a presence of, of goodness in the world and there's very much a presence of tragedy when it, it doesn't reach its potential and it, or it's held back by lesser things that people want. And uh, I really enjoy music that gives me a little bit of an emotional response that allows me to reach a place where it's not demanding me to only have one kind of emotion or, or I won't be able to really dig listening to it. So I definitely think about how those things overlap
0: when I'm, I'm working on stuff for us. That's a pretty dramatic difference from how our pop culture is aimed towards. It certainly can
2: be. Uh, on the other hand, it's pretty fascinating to me like how, you know, there's things in pop culture that you know are there to provoke a certain response that Uh, stamp out or eliminate other responses to it and uh (laughs) just the fact that we have so many parodies of things that are supposed to be serious and you know things that are supposed to be funny that are kind of sad if you're not involved in trying to feel that they're funny i i think is really interesting aspect of pop culture but certainly like you said there's a, a lot of products that are not interested in that tension at all Because it's easier to know your audience and know what you're trying to get your audience to tell their friends about if you have a a very direct and simple definition of how you're going to define success with whatever you're making. just a kid let's close our eyes and count to
1: ten she went in
0: through on Katie katydid from cantaloper i really enjoyed my talk with levi i mean this guy has to be one of the most astute guests i've ever had on the antidote plus he puts out great music with cantaloper well we've got more music and conversation coming up from the band but here's what's happening for the next episode of the antidote we're gonna go really deep when we speak with jared storm from forevermore about cultural evolution found in the theory of spiral dynamics, which is the theme of the new Forevermore concept album, Integral. Go ahead and Google that, just like I did. Or you can make it easy on yourself and just wait until next week's show for Jared's explanation. Okay, for tonight, I'll finish my talk with Levi, along with the title track from Rounding Era, and we'll see you next week. I want to hear a little bit more about the new release, about Rounding Air. Did you have a certain theme that you were trying to carry through on this?
2: Uh, I guess some themes arose the more we worked on it. The song Rounding Air was, was partly coming from just thinking about how do we contextualize, you know, being a band that's in 2016, putting out, yet another record like, like everybody else's and, uh, there's so many good records that, that come out that I really dig, but you also have to make peace with the fact that what you're making isn't necessarily going to reach farther beyond you and your friends and you know people that happen to run across it like you, or and that's just part of the reality of not putting a record out with extensive promotional campaign or ex- an extensive budget to get it placed and in publications and, and things that will, that will create uh, a space for it in pop culture. But, uh, at the same time, the fact that, you know, there's, there's many people with access to technology to allow them to make really developed recordings and, uh, developed art of all kinds. That's still a responsibility if that's where your heart is. And that's something you have to work on. So, um, Yeah, I don't know that there were a lot of going into it, a lot of ideas for themes to run through it, but I feel like some kind of came up the more we worked on it.
0: Have you ever been disappointed as an artist not to have a greater response to your music or you content where it lies?
2: I would say I'm not content uh, in terms of trying to get our, our band to be a more sustainable method for presenting the work that we all do together Um, I'm quite content in terms of I'm very happy that I've met new people and that I have friends because of working on the projects that we've done so there's a side to it where I'd say oh man I'd really like to see our band be a little more solvent and a little more a little more of a, a thing that made sense in terms of getting back some of the resources we put out but in terms of personal relationships and and uh, the good that's come to me personally from it I'm, I'm very satisfied with it
0: well maybe now's the time just to give a plug for cantaloupe or how to find your music so that you can get some of those resources back where do you find your music online
2: oh sure yeah we're pretty much most of the places you can you can get music we're we're on bandcamp is my favorite place to go personally but we're on itunes and spotify and pandora and if you search for us hopefully you'll find
0: us well i really appreciate this talk levi and thanks so much for coming on the antidote
2: dude thanks for having us um and me specifically i'm i'm really glad that we could talk about the new release and uh Thanks for reaching out to us.